Just listening to the owl. So, um, good evening, everyone. Just realizing one person in this room has already heard this talk, so sorry. <laughs> Maybe someone else, I don't know. This, uh, this talk is called Making Friends with Meta Practice and uh, double meaning intended. And there is, uh, um, in sharing the meta practice a, a little with you on this retreat um, and sharing this talk, um, there's, a, a, I guess, an intention to um, explore a little bit around this practice and um, just... Uh, maybe to um, open up some of its potential, its breadth and depth, um, and also to acknowledge that perhaps also uh, with any practice that we, we undertake, um, there's a sense that we have to make friends with it, you know, that this sense of, of not quite understanding what we're doing, getting in struggle with what we're doing. And, and also, of course, that with the meta practice and all of our practice in a way, maybe you could say we are, it's about making friends with, with what is or with life, with ourselves. Um, and um, I know for myself, this particular practice has felt particularly difficult over the years at different times in different ways and particularly important, which I think is, you know, is interesting, isn't it? Perhaps some of those areas where we most, it can feel really opaque, or you know, we just keep kind of, I don't know, kind of bumping up into a lot of resistance and so on, that actually turns out to be a um, place of, of uh, great learning, great, great gifts can come from that. Um, so, um, yes, and, and as I've been, as I hope I've been trying to touch on the last couple of afternoons, the sense of this practice, this loving kindness practice, really being um, a, a, uh, an opportunity to connect with our good heart. Now, there's something I keep coming back to, and how much may, maybe others have felt this that you're saying a phrase that you know may may I you know may I be peaceful or may I be kind or something, and it all seems to kind of place it somewhere out there, elsewhere, you know, in the future, um, somehow in some other state than I am now, and that again and again, what what has what has been so important is to keep re-realizing that it's something about touching, remembering uh, what is all, always here as a potential, uh, this sort of this good heart, this um, capacity to to care, to feel tenderness, to open to 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 life, to. Um, whatever our experience is, 
and somehow to be able to um, to kind of I don't know to me it makes sense somehow that when I touch that when I'm in touch with that that it's it's so much more likely that thoughts words and deeds and you know actions arise somehow or understandings arise from that which are you know sort of it has a has a rightness about it an appropriate appropriateness so I feel like this movement isn't it this movement or this uh, um, this uh, uncovering of 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 our care c concern can feel very risky like I'm really aware of how for myself and for some of you during this retreat and you know many other people that somehow and the heart opens and there's that sense of tenderness it can feel very risky can feel somehow scary risky kind of you know maybe a bit naked a bit kind of exposed and ooh you know unnerving some way and and how how if we can kind of uh, bear that and somehow hang in there through that it, they're just somehow to me there's a kind of way in which it's also strengthening it's strengthening and I think there's a sort of strength that comes into us and I don't I don't I mean it's difficult to put into words but um, I think one aspect of it is that when when we're more open and connected with that that good-heartedness it's it's actually connecting us to, to everyone because it's it's somehow in that realm of wisdom of of the truth of non-separation of for the truth of our and I'm just using my hands our oneness our, our non-separateness somehow at a very important level and that there's great strength that comes from that now I, I know you know, I don't know if you know what I mean, but it can be a sense that I've had recently going through a difficult time of how much um, a sense both of reaching out in a caring way or being open and tender to receive other people's friendliness and care has been what's carried me through. It's actually been what's um, made something terribly difficult feel like be be possible, and I I don't know if you I had this image at one point I was walking a tightrope, but I kept reaching out my hands to either side to the people who were there, and so I got my balance, and even when the people were far away. And it was that reaching out that made all the difference. Even though I was still, you know, as we all are, you know, in a way, aren't we, alone? Like Jenny was mentioning in the opening evening, I was alone. And that's not the end of the story. We're also together. But there's something about being able to, I don't know if that gesture makes sense to you, but... That I also today, when I was thinking about it, I had this image of a tree, kind of the, the, the strong tree and the roots going down and and out into the earth. Maybe that also sort of feels like that. So there's something incredibly powerful about this that 
both in terms of what we, uh, you know, what we, what we need from others, but also what we offer, and that somehow, in 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 the opening of the tender heart, that whole self and other, whether it's giving or receiving, I don't know, you know, it just. Um, it, it seems sort of less important somehow because in the tenderness, you know, in those moments, you probably know what I mean. And when we're really met, or we're really meeting someone in that tenderness. It's just tenderness. It's just compassion, and the the me and the you and them. It's like it's somehow less important somehow in those moments. So. I wanted to just reflect, hopefully not at too great length, um, on four four ways that the metta practice, and particularly in this retreat I did recently where I spent a month and I decided, right, uh, let's, let's do this. So I spent a month and I really committed myself to a set of four phrases. And I decided I wanted to really see what would happen just by really committing to that for this month. So this talk is very much kind of some of the fruits of that. I hope it's of, of, some, of some use. And I think, again, I've, when I, I'm looking back at this thing, yes, this is really relevant to any practice we're doing, I think. So the first element that struck me again and again on this retreat, I'd be beavering away with my phrases, which were uh, very traditional phrases. Um, which I just decided to take from Sharon Salzberg's book, pretty much, and just say, okay, let's just do these, because I could spend three weeks trying to figure out which ones to use. No, I'm not doing that. Um, So may I be safe? May you be safe? May we be safe? May, uh, May I have mental happiness? May you have mental happiness? May I have physical happiness? May you have physical happiness? May I live with ease. May you live with ease. So it covers quite a lot, right? It covers quite a lot. So I thought, okay, let's, let's do this. Um, but what I found was, again and again and again, you know, given all the, the different kind of moods and attitudes and views, or why am I doing this, you know, I should be doing something else, why didn't I just do, you know, anyway, and all the the ways that um, when you commit to something, you know, what happens, <laughs> it gets tested all the time. And they're trying to um, sort of hang in there with that. But what it, what, one of the things that it kept, um, that I kept doing that kept helping so much was think, well, what, okay, what does this really mean? What does this mean? So I would, I would actually reflect, I would reflect on, okay, what, what does that mean, safety or mental happiness, you know, and actually think about it. So I think this is something that is a real part of our practice. We can sometimes say, oh, we're not supposed to be thinking, you know, get rid of that, we'll be all right. No. <laughs> so we're trying to make friends with thinking and the wise, wise thought. And the sense I'd find often I, and, uh, that I would connect with a meaning and then that would reconnect me with some inspiration and, yeah, okay, let's, you know, let's do this. It's worth doing. It has, it has value. And it also kept turning me back to this question about what do I really want for my life or what do I really want for other people? And uh, 
so that reflection, that reflection, it kept kind of bringing me back to something that to me feels more, maybe more core, more foundational than, than a lot of the stuff I can get sort of swept around in sometimes. Um, and that it, 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 it keeps, by saying these phrases, I, I kept being challenged to re, um, recommit, recommit again and again and again. You know, to what to what I what I most truly value. It's very challenging. This is very challenging, but but wonderful. And then to be able to be able to actually reflect and think about that. So why wise reflection? And I don't know how this translates to you know any other practice, but I think I think it does because you know again perhaps it partly relates to this sense of motivation and aspiration. And if we lose touch with that. You know, I mean, what happens? I mean, just look at it for yourself, you know, in a day here, or even an hour, you know. Sometimes we just, it gets mechanical, we just fall asleep, we think, oh, well, you know, I mean, well, I'll just, I don't know, I'll just go. Or, you know, what are all the other kind of responses that can come up when we, when we lose touch with uh, something that's deeper than pleasure, pain, convenient, inconvenient want and don't want isn't it I think you know to me every moment on retreat is a kind of it's inviting us to, to go deeper than that what do we you know what do we, what do we really want our lives to be based on this is really I think an, for me certainly sort of an ongoing it's never done somehow I'm always wobbling or forgetting or you know, so, oh. so wise reflection. So the second area that um, I think was was really wonderful on this particular retreat I did for a month that you can I've been touching on a bit is this use of the imagination, which I think is such a powerful thing for so many of us, and to be again to be able to, in a way, reclaim or claim uh, uh, the the use and value of that. Again, not feeling we have to clean out our mind of everything and then walk around, walk, walk around like a big empty bubble person or something. But this this wonderful capacity of the of the human being, you know, to have to have imagination, and how this imagination can sometimes sort of offer us, you know, just what we need: like ideas and concepts and re- it's really good and it's logical and it makes sense and it's true and right and it's like. You know, and you're left with like, <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. It does not make any difference. At least that's somehow so, so often, you know, how, how it is for me. Maybe this is different for different people with different sort of psychological temperaments and backgrounds and things. Um, so the Buddha, you know how much the Buddha used imagination in the form of simile? It's always saying, you know, something is like something isn't he? And these images, these similes, to help us kind of understand. And I feel like those images and, and all of the, the way that we can, um, you know, either, either use borrowed images like the Buddha, um, well, the image of sometimes in terms of metta, you know, have the mother and the child and the, the sense of the, 
protectiveness and and the care and the concern and and the way that that's, that that can be a very powerful way of connecting with some you know sometimes we do don't we we sort of see our hurt or confused bits we to see it as a child that we can hold yeah a very simple example but that's imagination isn't it and in a way, I'm not sure we could practice without it. I mean, anyway, we're imagining everything, really. I mean, we imagine our breath, in a way. We can't, it's all mediated through our mind, isn't it? So to find helpful ways of conceiving things, like, you know, I gave you the image of the duvet, the meta duvet, you know? And, and there's something in us, isn't it? I don't know, it's, it feels like, to me, the heart, the, 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 the heart that is that, you know, chitta, the, the, the heart mind, the responsive, the affected, which is not to me that speaks more the language of simile and metaphor and poetry and music and all of that. And movement, I know I move I wave my arms around a lot, but I often find that, that maybe that's part of this language of and then the gestures that the Buddha made, you know, touching the earth and these beautiful hand gestures. And the, the harmlessness and, you know, beautiful, beautiful kind of um, communications. So um, imagination, like planting seeds. I and mean, again, um, Jake was mentioning the, the gardening metaphor. And sometimes with the metaphrases, you know, you can, you can imagine planting seeds. Each phrase or each word is like a, a seed planted. And, and, you know, maybe that really resonates, you know, that sense of looking for what resonates, what really has kind of touches. You can feel something in you getting interested. So another part of the function of imagination, I think, is to help us to be interested and engaged. It is like that helps to... Again, the sandpit kind of image it's, it's a, to, to keep us engaged and interested. So it's not just like, you know, meta, 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 meta. Maybe that works. You know, I shouldn't underestimate that. That little tapping might be another method that works for some people. Just very simple, you know, knocking on the door. I, you, I mean, maybe my mind works more that way than a lot of people's. It's very um, and to and to let these things come as well. Like another part of what I, happened to me on retreat was that that you know images would just organically grow, and without completely understanding them, they would somehow offer something really really precious. For example, when I was working with the phrase um, "May I be safe," in this case, to yeah, "May I be safe." An image, a quite complex image, kind of grew of this little hut, a little wooden hut, and 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 all this somehow different things in the hut, including these beautiful cushions with gold writing on it that said "May you be well." And I won't go into all the detail, but there was something very. Um, it wasn't proliferative. It wasn't distraction. There was something very sort of focused and very. Um, meaningful, I guess, a sort of gathering. I'm making this gesture with my hand of like, because I feel like we can sometimes have the idea that samadhi or samatha calming, this gathering, has to take place by, 
you know, taking your attention on like nailing it to one place, like, you know, sit and stay, you know. Um, doesn't work too well for me. <laughs> and maybe for some people that sit and stay kind of thing, and it does stay there. And of course, for, you know, some of us at certain times in retreats and things get quiet, the thing does, it just stays. But for me, that, that I noticed in working with that kind of imagery and letting it, letting it evolve in a very careful kind of way, that it was a very steadying, gathering, samadhi, samadhi kind of practice. Really interesting. And again, we can have preconceptions. We can have real misunderstandings, I think, about what concentration is and what it means and, and how it happens. And there's something in there about, um, again, the, the place of enjoyment and, and kind of, uh, yeah, just enjoyment, really, and being absorbed into, into something um, in, a, in, a, in a careful way, you know, not in a sort of fantasizing, wafting away way. So that's just, that's just an example. Um, so the imagination, many, many... Um, Many other ways we can we can use it. Just one other, because there's lots and lots. But one I've found incredibly helpful is is imagining um, being in a beloved place. You know, kind of like with people, but but doing it with a place. Like actually, for some of us, I think place is incredibly powerful. I sort of you know has a lot, and to actually picture a place that you know. And to kind of bring that to mind, that can that can be a, a kind of an, a kind of anchor. Again, not necessarily just for safety, but for other things, for a place where you feel loved or cared for, or sort of relaxed or something. So, this meta practice, I think, can be a real. Uh, it can be supported by the imagination, but I think it can also be a kind of honoring of our imaginative um, faculty yeah rather than something that we have to sort of get rid of in order to be a proper meditator so so this is kind of I've already touched on the the um, the third area which is the Samadhi I think that that this 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 meta practice has as many of you probably know, huge potential as a concentration practice, as a samadhi practice, and going into jhanas, very deep states of absorption. And that to maybe if you, again, depending on your interest with this particular practice, you can begin to sense that when, when the practice starts to, to steady and starts to um, be more continuous, you can... Um, Really let the let the focus or the the uh, direction of your interest become more the sort of steadying and gathering and the and the sense of the body and yeah it's hard to describe isn't it but this whole body awareness as a kind of field of meta that starts to be able to become yeah in a way the the field of concentration so. That may not make sense, but um, just so that you know, again, part of this intention of this talk, I think, is to sort of just 
point out again some of the breadth and the depth, the, the potential in this in this practice, and something to be explored, um, if you wish. So the last area I want to touch on, and I hope to leave a little bit of time to see if there are any questions or, or comments, um, is something that was was very important on this particular retreat, um, prob probably probably any any retreat. But I think my mind tends towards investigation and um, this potential of the meta practice to be an in, to be an insight practice to be. Uh, a, a way of seeing, seeing clearly um, those mm, habits of mind that keep us, keep us, uh, keep us down, keep us bound, keep us um, suffering. And the one area that. Um, I, I, I called it um, I, 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 that the practice started to show up very, very clearly and strongly what I called relational disturbance patterns, <laughs> which, which what that really means is like I would find when I would think of somebody or I would see somebody, another retreatant going by and I'd, you know, I'd do maybe well or maybe safe, may you have mental happiness, may you physical happiness may you live with ease and and I would instantly see what was not that <laughs> it just became more and more clear and quite comical at times you know it's just different things that somebody's somebody's going past I was sitting say at one point in the sofa and somebody's going past sort of behind going slap, slap, slap with their slippers on the floor really loudly, like slap, slap, slap. And I'm just going, you know, maybe, maybe you have a mental happiness. Oh, for God's sake, can't you die? walk more quietly? You know, this is a really quiet place. Like slap, 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 slap. <coughs> so it was kind of wonderful because it would give me something to come back to. So I could, well, I, yeah, I wish them well. Yeah, I'm a bit irritated about the slippers, but, you know, actually... I do wish you well. So do you see uh, the way it kind of both acted as this kind of ooh, mirror or like a frame of reference? So it's a mindfulness practice. It's a mindfulness practice as well. So you, you, you know, you could see. And then to the degree that you, you know, then you let go and it happens and it arises and passes. And so I got just very, very interested in this. And the sense of, of, of you know, um, oh dear, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of it about. The fact that it just became more and more clear to me that both of the people I thought about and the people I actually was seeing, what was I seeing really? I was seeing a certain image or a kind of particular, you know, and it would be different at different times. I don't, maybe you've even noticed that here. You see somebody and you know, they're really annoying. And then you see them a few hours later and you think, oh. No. <laughs> or your own self. You know, you've got this image of yourself, the best meditator in the world. Really. Yeah. You know? Doing really well here. Yeah. 
And then what happens? Oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm such a bad, I'm the worst meditator in the world. <sighs> so I'm exaggerating a bit, maybe. <laughs> What's going on there? What is going on? And, and what I don't know, what I found that, you know, obviously any, any anchor, like the breathing, when it's really strong, can, you know, help us to show us these things. But what I found, the, the metta practice is so supportive because it would keep redirecting me to the, okay, there's another way of looking at this or that perspective and seeing how it, how it, how it changed. And, I mean, one, okay, so just another uh, experience I had where I was, and I know people here have talked about this, absolutely enraged about something really small. And, you know, really uncomfortable and really unpleasant and I really shouldn't be, you know, this shouldn't be happening. For goodness sake, I'm a teacher. Or, you know, any whatever kind of stuff you have around shouldn't be happening. But the power of the container, I honestly think that during that retreat, I, I, met, I, I, got, to know, I got to know anger more than I ever have. And I think that was a good thing. It was not always very pleasant. But I didn't hit anyone. Hooray! <laughs> All careful, not yet anyway. No, it was like, don't get complacent. I just, I feel like this is so important. I don't know if it is for you, but I, I think that this sense of, particularly in spiritual circles or with metta practice, we're all supposed to be kind and, you know, not, and something about this really, really, really including this, this capacity of the metta or this, um, I think Ajahn Sumedho said metta is, kindness with awareness or was it awareness with kindness anyway you get the idea that that with this that that there is a sense that it doesn't have to exclude anything and that even these very painful powerful patterns can be held they can be seen and in that there's a there's some liberation there's some there's some yeah some more freedom sort of around that so much more that, that could be said about these, uh, these uh, relational disturbance patterns. Or maybe they're just, I, I, I put them into three categories. I love putting things in categories sometimes. It's terribly pleasing, I think, even, you know, it maybe helps you sort things out a bit. And I realized there were the, the sort of the clinging or the greed-related categories. So you see someone go by, you think, oh, I want them, or, oh, I like them, or, oh, I'd like to be like them. Or, oh, look how carefully and beautifully and mindfully they're walking. Why can't I do that? Or, um, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Idealizing. So I, I, I really, I, I noticed that. That was, that was one of the relational disturbance patterns that was, that was very apparent and that there were particular people that this would latch onto. So then you see it's not really the people, it's this pattern. And then there were the the, uh, the um, delusion connected patterns, things like where I could I could see you know this awful sort of dismissiveness, or they don't matter, or they're not very interesting, or I'm not particularly threatened or attracted to them, so never mind, uh, you know, <laughs> this kind of 
And again, I, I'm exaggerating slightly, but it, it, it definitely, I could feel that sense of, you know, but this is sort of in the area of the practice of neutral Vedana, neutral person, you know, where if it's not really calling our attention, if it's not really feeling like a, th a threat or a, like, potential, ooh, there's something, something in it for you, then we're just not interested. And so this, this uh, yeah, or avoiding or ignoring or being indifferent. And then the third area, I, I, I did also notice some generous and kind and loving things as well. I just want to, just want us, just for the record. Um, um, so the third area, of course, is connected. You know, we've got we've greed, delusion. What's the third one? Hatred. <laughs> this is a long list here. Irritation. I need my glasses. See if any of these have been around for you. Critical, judging, blaming, rejecting, fearing, ag aggression, rage, I already mentioned, cruelty and disgust. No, I, I just feel again, just, just to say it once more and then I won't say it anymore, that I just feel that if we can, if we can, we can that the meta practice and, and other practices as well probably can help us to have honesty without judgment of all of this honesty without judgment honesty without judgment I think then leads to discernment then we can actually see because we're not either acting out or repressing so there's you know one definition of the middle way isn't it and then the our, our wisdom, our discernment can actually function. So I think probably that's all I, I want to say. Um, I just, I hope that that has, um, yeah, I hope, I guess, what do I hope? Um, if you are, you know, if you're, if you're doing the meta practice, I hope it encourages you to continue. And and if if you're not, that maybe um, either you can see what's possible in that for you, or that maybe some of these other some of these things you can find in your own practice in in other other kinds of practices. Um, okay, so I'd I'd really be interested if there are any questions or comments from anybody. We have a little bit of time. So, if there is anything, that would be nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, could, you, um, could you actually describe the actual practice in a bit more detail? Because I'm, I'm not really sure what you do with these phrases. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, have you been here in the afternoons when we've been doing the meta practice with the phrase with the phrases and Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so um I mean the simple repetition of the phrases, you know, gently and slowly, quietly in the mind. That that I guess that's one of the simplest sort of you know, just to to settle with a particular set of phrases and get that established if you like 
and experiment a little bit with the speed that you do them, you know, and just listening gently for the response. And, and, and once they're established, I mean, then some of these developments with imagery and then you can play with that if you wish. But it can be, it can be that simple. And then you're just, if you're interested in the insight, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that part of it, then what you do is you really notice you really, you're really noticing what's hap what happens, you know. So if you keep the phrases going through your walking, through your having tea, through going to the bathroom, you keep them, you, know, you keep it going all the time, then it, it becomes this kind of. So you notice that you annoyed because somebody got into the bathroom before you, and may you be well. <laughs> you, do, do, does that does that answer the question? So you can find your own way with maybe yeah establishing that as a as a sort of base, and then some of these other things I'm talking about maybe then can can develop um, around that. But I always want to emphasise the potential of the imagery because for some people the words aren't the best way in. It's it's more entered through some image or a felt sense or some, something like that. But yeah, if you want to get that going for yourself, just probably three or four phrases and just, just, just get it going and listen up and yeah. What did you mean when you said wait for the response? Oh, so, so say, um, so that there's a sense in which you're, you're speaking them, but you're also hearing them. So, so when, I, when I say, so for example, I'm, say I'm picturing you, say, and I'm thinking, may you have physical happiness. Then I'm, I'm actually, I'm, 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 I'm listening to it. I'm not just saying it and then rushing off to the next one. I might f notice whether there's a response in my own body or heart or mind or... So there might not be, I might not notice anything. You know, some of the time not much happens. So you're, you're sort of listening as well to see, to see if, if there's a response in you or if then... Um, Hmm, I'm, yeah. Does that answer the question? Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Any, anything else? Yeah. Uh, could you say something more about the imagery or um, using the imagination uh, as opposed to fantasy, which I think I would probably have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there isn't a hard and fast distinction. You know, it's may, maybe fantasy also has its uses. <laughs> you know, so yeah, maybe maybe there isn't. I think it's a lot to do with how how you're you're consciously present, and there's some sense that it's it's part of some larger intention. You know that it, it's sort of it's sort of for something somehow. It's you know how fantasy has well I think of as when you're lost in something and it's almost like you're just being carried along by something and you, 
you don't really know what it's for. It's just, whereas this has a more, it's almost like a, has more of a sense of um, maybe being, being held in, a, in awareness. You know, there's still a kind of um, sense of intention somehow with that, even if you don't quite know where it's going. But it's, there's some sense of what it, what it's, um, what it's in the service of. Yeah, does that help? Yeah, thank you. Hmm. Yeah. Could you say more about the response that comes back and what we do with that or not? Right. Well, you know, I, I think it's like with, well, I won't go into the detail about my rage experience on this recent retreat, but I, I, a couple of times I had to go into a bathroom, shut the door, lie on the floor. <laughs> I mean, that's, maybe that sounds a bit daft, but, you know, that was, I, I needed to do something. I couldn't just sit with it. I had to go in because the feeling was so strong. And sometimes it's much more subtle or, you know, you just, and in a way I think then it's more like just noticing, oh, it, that. And you start when it happens, then you just let it go and you carry on. And then you start to s see the patterns more clearly and then somehow they less, they lose their grip on you because you see them more clearly. <laughs> oh, is that one happening again? And irritation about that particular kind of thing and because you keep seeing it and letting go and seeing it and letting go and seeing it and letting go and with the meta practice of course you're also may you be well you know i might one if does does that is this answering your question yeah i, I think it's really um some of you have heard this my Hel helsinki airport story of when I was traveling there to teach once and it was just such a striking example of this because I I was walking um, through the through the airport and uh, this guy kind of came past me quite close and just sort of nudged me a bit with his case and I was just like how dare you you know it was this huge sort of emotional reaction and then it was like just being able to be present and mindful with that, it just, you know, it's like a little storm that kind of comes and then it passes. And then it's kind of, it's kind of gone. It's just something that happens rather than then being this whole story about who I am. And then later I saw the guy in another part of the airport and was able to say, maybe well, you know, slightly grudgingly, but at least, you know. So I think there's something, you know, that we don't have to get into, oh, this is because of that and because of my, you know, my childhood and, and that means this and it's linked with that and, and then I have to go, <laughs> maybe that's part of what's so powerful about this is, is we can actually work on some of these really deep-seated patterns without having to do all that sort of an analysis bit. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Wondering about the phrases for yourself, may I, may I be well, may I be happy? Mm. Um, why they set for the future rather than I am happy, I am healthy, I am peaceful? Right, yeah. Because it seems uh, it's something to be wanting at some point, but not mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, 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 yeah, I think the, the language, trying to find the right language, which 
that that may is it's not necessarily meant to suggest the future but it definitely can and so it's something I what I try and do is I have a gesture that I almost do mentally or where it's like may I may I be peaceful here and now is that's what I've been trying to emphasize during the afternoon so the the, the may I it's like the power of that I think is that we we're acknowledging that we cannot control everything, that we cannot make things happen. So that's, the, in a way, the intention behind that word may, is trying to acknowledge that. We, we're, we're open to that, we're kind of leaning in that direction or something, but we're not saying it is or it must be. So the may, that, that's one of the ways I, you know, pick up on that future thing and kind of try to let it be really about an intention that I'm planting now. Who knows what it will blossom in in the future. That's not my business in a way. Just, and that, that I can actually connect with some of that here and now. So does that, yeah, thank you, yeah. Okay. So anything else before, yeah. What do you mean? Sorry, I'm not... Ah, oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I think it's something to do with um, not presenting a target. Not... not not buying into that and and solidifying something out of out of that out of what's coming from someone else it's like there's something it you know something is tightens up and then agrees to become that for them out of either fear or um you know placation or something going along with and we don't have to do that something about staying open and letting the, their projection sort of almost go straight through you as if you were a, a space. And not, not presenting, not, not giving them something to... No, I'm not. Boom. <laughs> I'm not an angry person. Boom. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Yeah, thank you. Well... Thank you so much for participating in this conversation and uh, yeah, wonderful, thank you. And so um, let's just draw this to a close and let's just take a moment to sit quietly together. Thank you.
May all beings be safe. May all beings have mental happiness. May all beings have physical happiness. May all beings live with ease.